from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Uh, I use the analogy, a uh, local Casey's General Store, you can't even make pizza and donuts in the back because they sell alcohol and lottery tickets in the front. But I have to really give a shout out to Governor Mike Parson because he has uh, not only pardoned quite a few people in the last year, but he has commuted four people that I have submitted names to him for consideration. I'm Sarah Fenske. When Missouri's legislative session ended on May 14th, Representative Cherie Tolson-Reich thought she had something to celebrate. The Republican from Hallsville has been working on legislation that would grant some longtime nonviolent drug offenders a chance at parole. Her amendment had earned bipartisan support, and on May 13th, it was part of Senate Bill 26. But when senators formally approved the final version of that bill the next day, somehow the amendment was gone. Many lawmakers didn't even realize it had been stripped for days. That last-minute change represents a big blow for efforts to allow parole for these people in Missouri prisons. And joining us today to explain more is State Representative Cherie Tolson-Reich. Representative Reich, welcome back. Thank you, Sarah, for having me today. So before we talk about what happened in that final day of the legislative session, I want to just um, explain a little bit about your amendment. What specifically would this have done? So I'm going to give you just a brief history that back in 2014, there was a major criminal justice reform overhaul of some statutes, Mm -hmm. and uh, they went into effect in 2017. And what they found out in 2017, that there were some nonviolent drug offenders that their RISMO or the section that they were uh, sentenced under gave them mandatory sentences. This did not make them eligible for parole, so they would have had to completed their full sentence uh, and not even get a chance at going in front of the parole board. And so it went, uh, a case of Demetrius Woods went all the way to the Missouri Supreme Court, but there are several others in, I call this the crack, that mm-hmm. fell in the crack, um, that they said, no, this is not retroactive, and therefore it needed a fix in the law. Mm-hmm. So back in uh, mid-2020 uh, of the session, we were hit with COVID, and so um, the Department of Corrections and the governor's office had asked me to file an amendment because it was too late to file a bill mm-hmm. to correct this, to fix this crack in the law. And so uh, with COVID, it did not get across the finish line. So I filed it um, for the 2021 legislative session. It moved through committee unanimously, and um, it was on a Senate Bill 26, which was um, a public safety bill. It was a big omnibus bill, and it had a lot of moving parts and a lot of amendments. Mm -hmm. But in the final days, um, it was stripped out. And um, uh, and so I did not know even know that it was stripped out till after session ended. Oh, that's such a disappointment. Tell me, now that you've gone back and tried to figure out what happened, do you have any idea who stripped it out or why? Well, this was a senator's bill, and uh, my understanding uh, is uh, the way it was explained to me from the senator's staff was that a um, a drafter, 
uh, thought that it had an incorrect RISMO number, that maybe the statute cited in this amendment may have been incorrect. And so they didn't want to ch- take a chance of doing it wrong, and so they took it out at the last minute uh, in uh, what they call um, a conference committee. Uh, I had another uh, bill uh, in, included in with my amendment, and that one was kept in. Mm. But this one was stripped out just to be on the safe side. And so we're going to, in the interim this year, we're going to go ahead and take a close look at it between uh, the Capitol uh, legislative drafters, the uh, corrections department attorneys, and the governor's attorneys to make sure that we're all on the same page, that this is the correct language, and the correct RISMOs, and then I will file it again December 1. Okay. So the thinking is somebody thought there might have been a, a technicality that was incorrect in there, and they took it out almost as a cautionary measure. There's no sense that there was pushback or people saying these guys don't deserve parole. Somebody just out of an abundance of caution took matters into their own hands? Well, they, w- they, can't take, um, they can't add or take out amendments on their own. Uh, staff capital, uh, capital staff works for uh, the legislature, and so it would have had to been uh, the committee decision or the, or the senator's decision hmm. to go with their advice. And everything in the last days of session are fast and furious. There's so many moving parts. It's like crazy mm-hmm. because we're trying to get everything accomplished before the 6 o'clock deadline. So, so, no, nothing nefarious, nothing that they didn't like it or they, you know, nothing like that. This was just purely uh, to be made sure there was no um, clerical error or, or something wrong with the amendment. And that's got to be so frustrating. I mean, the end of this session is the end of this session. And so you can't come back and say, okay, you know, let's let's dot this this I, cross this T. Can we just slide this one in after the fact? There's literally no way to do that in, in a case like this. Absolutely. Now, the governor may be calling some special sessions for other reasons. And so we will see what the call for a special session because we need to address things like uh, FRA and maybe some other things that didn't get finished. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be looking at to maybe if, um, if there's time and if it would fit within the scope of any special sessions to maybe see if I can get this back in. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it will have to wait till next January. So we should note the Missouri Department of Corrections has said that this change would affect 35 people who are there serving these these very long sentences uh, due to being, quote, prior and persistent drug offenders. Um, And eight of them have already served at least 10 years, which means if this could go through, they would have the chance at those parole hearings. Uh, Representative Reich, have you been able to talk to any of the people who are affected, who who are waiting for this and, and get their take on, you know, how they're doing in light of this unfortunate? setback. Yes, uh, some of the families have reached out to me, and I do want to add, I have worked with the governor's office over a year now, and he has commuted four people's sentences. Um, I am working closely with Department of Corrections. I have about, oh, 200 names under some other uh, uh, convictions sections of the law, too, but, um, you know, we're, we're trying to look at these to see if maybe the governor could commute some more um, in the interim until we can get this law fixed and they can go in front of the parole board. But I have to really give a shout-out to Governor Mike Parson because he has uh, not only pardoned quite a few people in the last year, but he has commuted 
four people that I have submitted names to him for consideration. So I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to work with that working relationship with Department of Corrections and the governor. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. We did invite the governor to join us today. His spokeswoman told us that wasn't possible, but she did send us a statement about his feelings about all this. And and here's what he said, uh, quote, Governor Parson is committed to using his constitutional authority to provide second chances to individuals who have demonstrated changed lifestyles. He has directed his legal team to continue working to eliminate the backlog of clemency applications that has accumulated during previous administrations. It is important that individuals who have abandoned their criminal behaviors and who have either become productive members of society or have demonstrated an ability to do so have opportunities. Clemency can often help provide that opportunity or open doors and remove barriers. Representative Reich, it sounds like this is something that he just genuinely believes these people deserve this chance. He's using his power uh, to work towards that in these in these cases. Absolutely. So he is a former sheriff and does believe in law and order, but he believes in second chances. And uh, the first person he commuted was uh, one that had made big headlines and a lot of uh, stories in the media, Demetrius Woods, here in Boone County, uh, now lives in my district. And he has opened two successful businesses. He's hiring. He's uh, you know, um, growing jobs and being very successful. Mm-hmm. And now he's become a mentor to local youth. Uh, the latest person sentence that he commuted uh, just recently at the end of April uh, will be moving into my district here in Boone County and living with a family member. And and uh, I have to tell you, you know, after, after talking to these people, meeting them, uh, working with them, um, they really, truly have changed, and they want to, you know, get back and become a productive member of society. Hmm. Well, that's that's just great to hear. And so this is something you, Governor Parson, are both going to continue to work on. Sounds like you have some hope that this could come up in a special session. If it is indeed just as, as simple as just this one amendment, this would be something he might have the appetite to have included in that? I'm hoping. Uh, we will just have to wait and see because uh, special sessions usually are very narrow in scope, mm-hmm. and I have to make sure, you know, if it would fit under a certain heading. So something, some good news that did come out of this last session that I think it's, it's also important to acknowledge today, you won passage of something else that you introduced, and this basically repeals a prohibition that had been in state law um, that held that people with a felony on their record could not sell alcohol or could not sell lottery tickets. I, I imagine some people would be surprised to even learn that was on the books. How did that come to your attention? A local attorney here in Columbia named Jennifer Bukowski. She is a uh, defense attorney. Uh, She's a great friend of mine, brought it to me a few years ago, and it would have gotten across the finish line last year. It was voted out of the House and over in the Senate when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So finally, uh, sometimes it takes several years to get a law passed, but um, I call it employer freedom. Uh, I use the analogy, a local Casey's General Store, you can't even make pizza and donuts in the back because they sell alcohol and lottery tickets in the front. And here in my area, in in Boone County, we have the lowest unemployment in all of Missouri. We can't find enough people to work. And we need these people to get jobs, help support themselves and their families, and not recidivate. And they want to work. It is not a ban-the-box. People would still know they're a felon. And, in fact, I had a call from a gentleman out of Springfield last summer. He's like, ma'am, it, did your bill pass? I really uh, want to know because it affected him personally. He worked at a Casey's for a year. 
loved his job. He was a great employee, and then the employer found out he was a former felon, and they had to fire him, had to let him go because of that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited. Uh, This uh, was also on that Senate Bill 26, and it is going to uh, get signed by the governor, hopefully. Well, that is great to hear. Congratulations on that. It sounds like this issue of of giving people a second chance, this is something very near and dear to your heart. Do you think there's a growing acknowledgement among your fellow Republican legislators that in in some of these limited cases, this is a really important thing to do? Well, and not just Republican. This is bipartisan or really nonpartisan issue. Criminal justice reform, I think everybody can can, uh, wrap their head around and see that some of these former convictions were just too harsh and that they ought to be given a second chance. And so, absolutely, we are we are really working hard on this. Mm-hmm. Well, State Representative Cherie Tolson-Reich, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and giving us the latest on this important piece of legislation. Thank you for having me. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.